0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Masters of Sport Podcast. Here with my two-time world champion, co-author of the year, Earl Kunkel, Sports Performance Bible, and Parabolic Periodization. Earl, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, very well.
1: I got a, a fresh shirt on. Look at it. It actually, I'm staying on brand this time too. I
0: really like that shirt. It's nice. Yeah, you should. Everybody should pick those up at the Garage Strength yeah. website.
1: It is really nice. What would you think if I took this symbol here and made a pixel art of it? Would you like that? I would love that. All right, I might do that for free, and then I'm, it'd just be fan art. It, it, it's just a Garage Strength shirt. It's like the basic Garage Strength shirt. That, yeah, yeah, they can't see. Yeah, we know we have a listening audience. This is yeah. a podcast. Yeah. We also post it on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and yeah, and and make sure you also follow Peak Strength and, and Garage Strength. Click I'm, that notification button.
0: Ding ding
1: whatever ring the bell like a PR <laughs> every time you every time you listener person audience you freak out there subscribe to something that goes on here it is a personal best for us
0: that's true actually as, as a media team and what we do you know what's funny is I always thought that was lame but like the more engagement we get when people bring up like us helping them and liking and and like they yeah. subscribed the more I'm like Dude, we're actually helping people. That really like makes me l- happy. You do help a lot of
1: people. This episode, we're talking about um, <clears throat> how to fix muscle imbalances.
0: Ooh. Earl, you have a couple muscle imbalances from that torn pec. Yeah. Um, so Leads I w- to uh, unstable muscle imbalances in the rest of your body.
1: It does. So I was legitimately going to talk about... Um, I'm convinced my... Back on my right side yeah. has overcompensated in stabilizing my shoulder when I was snatching. Oh, shit. Yeah. To help. Because you didn't have a and pec. And not necessarily like a bad thing, right. but like... Doing its job. Yeah, it got way stronger. And my left was like, well, you have a pec still. You can... Yeah, you can handle it. Yeah. Um, which is funny. Even though I'm pretty sure I tore my left pec when I was like a teenager and didn't know I did it because I was so like young. It could probably heal better and And I just didn't know why I had blood pooling in my bicep type of thing. Did your, And it wasn't such a bad tear
0: that I couldn't do you have, work like, through like, it. Like did your dad I mean your dad probably didn't never lifted weights, but like did he or at least like enough to lead to any did he ever have any tears like that? I know you He remember, has messed up shoulders. And you had said he had hernia issues. No my mom had back low back issues with stuff like that. You know what that. I is interesting about that generation is actually how many people in that generation have like knee replacements shoulder issues my dad had like, both his knees replaced like crazy crazy catastrophic issues and like dude they weren't doing any training back in the day yeah like it's pretty wild how destroyed their bodies are
1: now to my credit and i i guess i'm true to my own horn my tolerance for pain is a little obnoxious sometimes Though I am scared to get a tattoo because I'm scared of how much it will hurt. So it's like a mental thing versus what I actually will put myself through. So I tore my pec. I was still working out the next day trying to see how soon I could do push-ups and dips again.
0: Dude, that's like Brian Seacrest did that. He tore his pec, and then was loading weights the next day. And he's like, "Dude, I ha- I gotta do it. I can't just back off." I'm like, "Yeah, what's wrong with you guys? You're idiots. You're right. an idiot." I I agree
1: with you, older, but like still like I was older then too. Just you know, it's you had a ch- you had three children. I only had two at the time. <laughs> I don't think the third one was out yet. Thank you. No, it's funny because you do definitely. remind
0: me of a tattoo guy. Which I would one? pay I you to know. get a tattoo.
1: You would pay me to give you? No, peg you. Oh. I, I have none. Absolutely none. I don't have any But either. we were talking about the imbalances. Yeah. So I'm also convinced if I took a tape measure, my right quad at, and right leg, is I will guarantee an inch, if not two inches. Bigger. Smaller. Oh, smaller. Than my left quad. And really? And that's because I tore i'm pretty sure i tore my right hamstring playing flag football in like my mid-20s okay and it was like i think you've shared this before and then also too i my right ankle is like
0: swollen so does all these injuries mean that you're just less athletic than me no i'm just because my body can handle things and (sighs) yours can't well one you're a baby
1: (laughs) um i'm tougher than you
0: i don't think so and i
1: think i'm a little bit more like my body coordinates faster than yours Crazier than you can't even pick your knees up when you run. You like shuffle forward. But I still run faster than you. Probably right now. (laughs) I don't. I don't know at my like my peak if you did. Yeah, I probably. Like my hand. You were a D back. I wasn't a D back. I wasn't that. I played the like. Lineup.
0: Yeah, you were like an outside linebacker.
1: And what's funny is like when I was a kid, I was like, I need to be bigger if I want to play linebacker. I need to be bigger now at now, the live age, now, the NFL, now it was like oh I was, I was the perfect size yeah. like i, I could have walked around at 210 i just needed to keep getting
0: faster i wanted to share if you watch me do pull-ups because of my right elbow yeah my shoulder blades if we if you like slowed the video down you can see how wacky my shoulder blades are side to side because of my right elbow wow yeah it's it's sort of weird it's but it's right john, on topic actually john noticed it like 2 years ago and he was like you just got to be careful cuz it could lead to an issue with your traps and your neck yeah so. but this
1: is important cuz we are talking about imbalances i don't really
0: have a neck though
1: you definitely have a neck you're over <laughs> like representing your own set of traps and like <laughs> swollenness up there definitely have a neck maybe like i love uh what is it the dude from the goonies dane that Dane doesn't have a neck. <laughs> like, like, uh, like, what was that guy's name? Uh, Sloth. Sloth. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Dane, programming. Yeah. How do we fix muscle imbalances? What's something we do? Like accessory movements. Is there absolute strength movements, dude? Is there some type of targeting we do?
0: How do we deal with I it? I mean, my first, my first step would be you immediately look at what, what are the uh, like the the sports or um, where's it happening? So I like to look at, okay, if I have a wrestler and they have one, you know, their lead leg is, is drastically stronger than their, than their opposite leg. Or if I have a, you know, weightlifter who jerks to one side over the other, or, you know, baseball players, there's another area in the shoulders and then in their, their legs as well. So that would be like the first step. The next step would be, I like to use for technical coordination movements immediately, no feet stuff. If you do no feet, they're going to be grounded longer. They have more contact to the ground, and they can't they can't move their feet to where they want them to be. They have to keep their feet in that spot. So now they're a little bit more aware of the feeling of of rotation, or you know, baseball players they will literally rotate hard to that side. Um, righties will typically rotate towards the left side, and vice versa. And so, same with tennis players and and wrestlers, you'll see that a little bit as well. Uh, so it's like. Using no feet technical coordination movements, but then also, uh, the next step would then be okay. If they're rotating one side over the other, some step ups or single leg squats, anything along those lines. And with weightlifters, I've actually even had Haley had a bad imbalance where she would rotate hard to her right side with her snatch. Yeah. When she would catch a snatch. And so Dude, we started putting her, she would do a snatch, she would do snatches, and then she would go into our squat rack and push the side that would rotate backwards. She would push forward, and then the side that would rotate forward, she would push, pull backwards, and she would do overhead squats, dragging this beat-up bar on our gray squat rack that was an old reflex squat rack. And that, like, literally got rid of her twisting within, like, six weeks. So – what I'm hearing
1: is you saw this imbalance yeah. through movement is yeah. how you noticed it not necessarily going to measuring like is one leg bigger than the other. Right. You saw something happening in a movement pattern to diagnose an imbalance.
0: Yeah, because I I think measuring yeah, I'm I'm not going to say you shouldn't measure leg length. That has benefit for sure. But in a in a setting like ours where it's 30 kids in the door and you got to give everybody, you know, good attention you have to analyze movement over spending time measuring things and if I'm going to measure I'm going to measure by doing single leg jumps or double leg jumps and watching if they start to veer to the one side uh you know and single leg jumps if we would do single leg bounds and their left leg is you know a meter and a half further than their right leg well now I'm seeing there's there's a there's a struggle to uh create or to handle the ground reaction forces that they're creating or that they're, that they're generating when they ground. Um, so, you know, I even, I'll a real easy test, go stand on a staircase and do single leg bounds on your left leg and then do single leg bounds on your right leg and count how many jumps to get to the top. Like it's very simple and it, and, and you can sort of see, you can even see when you do a drop off of a box and then react which side they favor? Where do they land yeah. on the box? And so that gives you – it telegraphs where those imbalances are.
1: So what happens if I do the test of the single leg jumps and it takes me the same amount of jumps? Like what's my next sort of algorithm to assess it? Like what do I look for? Like if then? I
0: did single leg stair jumps, then I would do single leg bounce. All right. Yeah, so do you –
1: Take same amount of jumps. It's like all right. Now we want to do bounce. So then we go distance. Right? Yeah, how far yeah. they go? Yeah. And then I would go. Is there any assessment going on of like speed and like what you would call like the eye test of ground time? Like yeah,
0: you want to see if they're plopping on one leg to, relative to the other. Okay. You know, and I, I did want to point out too is like that. That's a big one. Like how well they react because then what you can do. And we actually just got this one of these vests that can actually show us like stride length right side to the left side. So that's going to help. Legend well. was telling me about that. It yeah. seems like a it's cool, it seems like
1: a big thing from like the science aspect of backing up what works here. Yeah. Yep. You know, because we know what is done works here. It's just like now it's, it's the white coat. It, yeah, exactly. It's the exactly. white coat academic stuff yeah. to say, you know. Here, this is what you want. We can give
0: this to you too. I even think it's as easy as watch, tell somebody to do a single leg squat, and all you have to do is just don't say anything to them. Line up and do a single leg squat with your right leg. Line up and do a single leg squat with your left leg. Where were their feet relative to the pad? You know, one leg's going to be about three to four inches shorter than the other leg, and that immediately can tell you it's either an ankle or a tightness in the hip. And so, just using that, we can accomplish a lot. Pull ups. People when they're struggling in a pull up will start to favor their strong side and really lean to that strong side.
1: So you see the head tilt go on type yeah. of thing. Like
0: bench press. A lot of these old heads used to tell tell guys like when you're when we were growing up, it was, you know, if your right side starts to fail, look at your right side, it'll go up. And I remember telling my dad that a guy told me that at Body Works, and my dad's like, That's like the dumbest thing you could do. Because <laughs> now you're twisting your head you're changing what your support upper back is doing. You know, it lengthens one side relative to the other. So now that's actually going to lead to more muscular imbalances. So like you can use, you know, so don't use that cue, but you can use what happens with the bar when they're benching. uh, What happens with those squat bar when they take a bar off the rack um, and then use dumbbells, pause in the hole. They got to pause there. What happens? So the next thing I wanted to ask you, so imbalances,
1: like you think, one side's stronger than the other, one side's bigger than the which other, which is also normal, by the
0: way. We also yeah. have to recognize that that's okay. It should be that way. Everybody has one side that's stronger than the other, and that's how we exist yeah you
1: you can't get away of I always like to think of something silly, like I lay on the couch, yeah, and the way I get up from the couch over the course of a year, yep, over the course of you probably five go up the years, same way eighty percent of the time. I have these repetitions just yeah. built up, yep. And there's no amount of training that I can go back to change that imbalance. Guess I what,
0: dude? Guess what causes a massive imbalance? Taking a shit. Everybody rotates to the one side. Everybody who's right-handed is rotating to their <laughs> left side to wipe with their right hand. Yeah. Same way if you do it left-handed. And that causes imbalances in the left hip. Them, My left hip gets a little bit shorter. That's how life is. Like, yeah. That's okay. Just gonna exist. I, I feel Earl's like gonna go home, and he's gonna have a <laughs> yeah. A use pitch my counter. left hand now. He's gonna all right. Every two wipes on my right, I gotta have two wipes on my left. You've already done this. That's why you thought of
1: the pitch counter. You, you actually thought this through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's funny. <laughs> Look at me, guys. I know why balance. my granddad would pee outside without his hands. <laughs> he just put his hands on his hips. <laughs>
1: all right. Back on task so Trevor doesn't get mad at us. (laughs) Talk about uh, bodybuilding. Yeah. Because I always feel like that's, you know, dumbbells, like muscle size. Even in the sport of bodybuilding, which is symmetry. yeah, they look for that stuff. How do you utilize bodybuilding in the parabolic garage strength, like accessory movements to target these imbalances? Earl, didn't you know that hypertrophy training is not really good for sports performance and you shouldn't do it? Well, they don't have Olympic athletes under them that are told to train this, <laughs> the people who say no, that? I, yeah. do they, does one of these influencers have an Olympic athlete who they say not to do this that does it? And anyone who's in CrossFit who says they don't do bodybuilding is a liar? Oh, because they all say that, though. They, I mean, they all do it. All right, you do compound movements for 30 reps. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, There's an like element of bodybuilding gymnastic in Gymnastic coaches
0: will say, well, we, we don't want to train you like a bodybuilder. I was thinking I was telling Jason this. The one strength coach was talking to me. He's like, and then the coaches will say, all right, go do five sets of 15, like, handstand push-ups. And he's like, "Yeah, that's bodybuilding. What are you talking about? Just because
1: it's not with a dumbbell or weights right, does not mean it hits sort of that paradigm or that rep range that is bodybuilding, if you will. So this would be
0: my answer for that uh, with the dumbbells. Why would we ignore a sport, bodybuilding, where – One of the major judgment components is symmetry. Okay, so that's the first thing. Symmetry is one of their major factors that they judge on. So their whole purpose of training is to make sure they're structurally balanced, you know, side to side. But then also, we know that hypertrophy training, we know how bigger muscles can create greater power output if they're trained properly over a long time frame. We also know that hypertrophy occurs in things outside of just high reps. We know that it happens from uh mechanical tension, we know that it happens from uh load, we know that it, which is part of mechanical tension. We know how it occurs multiple different ways. Myofibrillar hypertrophy, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. What's the one with the
1: the joints, uh, the cartilage? Yeah, yeah, like literally just um not the cartilage, your it, ligaments. L- l- it's like car- cartilage like it's some word I can't pronounce.
0: It's and it's hypertrophy of your joints, basically, yeah. to support your muscular, uh, uh, your muscular structure. But so for me, it's like if if we can do movements, like let's just say we're trying to fix a, a muscular imbalance, and we're doing a no feet power snatch, that's going to help. And then we're going to do single leg squat with their weak leg first. And then when we're doing that, then let's say they have uh, really bad back issues. So we're going to do single leg squat with their weak leg first. Then we're going to do uh, maybe like some type of hollow rock to try and get them to flex their uh, lumbar or yeah, to flex their lumbar spine a little bit more. Then what I would like to do is then look at what bodybuilding exercise can also alleviate uh, that, that issue and create more symmetry in the body. Because if they're more symmetrical, I'm not saying they're going to get rid of it, but if the closer we can get to that, Symmetry. Now their body, you know, if their left leg, when they, with their stride length, let's say their left leg is 90% on the stride length of the right leg. Well, if we can get that left leg to be 97% of the right leg, that's a win. That's a huge win. We're overcoming the wiping of the butt. We're overcoming the wiping of the butt. And guess what? We're taking less strides per 100 meters or whatever the race is that we're, or whatever the football field that we're on, whatever it is. So, but we can achieve that. By using bodybuilding movements and by even taking things like a lot of these guys that that have symmetry issues genetically or from uh, predisposed sports, you know, guys that are growing up that have a great genetic build, someone like Sam, if he had never got like, let's say he got into throwing, but he got into bodybuilding instead of throwing in college, he would have a, a, a symmetry issue because of all the reps from throwing. So the way that that bodybuilders might alleviate that is that they'll do, you know, a set of some type of squat or whatever it is, leg press, leg extension, leg curl, and then to alleviate the area that's tighter, their rest time is going to be like real intense stretching because they're oh, wow. they're trying to lengthen the muscle belly, and then they go back and they do a set of leg press or a set of squats or caustic squats, whatever it is that they're training. And they'll do that to really lengthen the area that has been shortened. So that is a principle of bodybuilding that now what's ironic is, oh, all these like functional guys, oh, we're going to use PNF. Dude, they're, they're they're like stealing this from bodybuilding. Then they're blaming bodybuilding for all these problems, but then using like it's just they're, like.
1: It's m- almost like victim blaming in the world of sports <laughs> yeah. performance. So that have. would
0: be, that would to me be like the best way to. All right. Last anyway. thing I
1: want to talk about before we move on to the audience questions: yeah. unilateral movements. Yeah. Well, why do we use them in this case when we're dealing with asymmetries, symmetries? You know, trying to make up that percentage in the stride length. Okay, if you
0: so will. so I'll use myself as a really good example. My right leg, you know, because um, growing up I spent a lot of time jumping off my left foot. Right, always just clowning around, doing whatever, just jumping off my left foot. So when I jump off my right foot, when I was younger, I, I could jump like 23 inches off my right foot, like just horrible plant leg, but my left leg, I could jump through the roof. So if you, if you watch me do even today, and, and I say this in a lot of my YouTube videos is like, if I do a a single leg RDL on my right leg, it takes like two or three sets for my right hip glute uh, ankle area to really just start to wake up and fire and it literally feels dead. And then all of a sudden it starts to to wake up and fire. So where I'm going with this is that if we can train unilaterally and we focus on the, that weak leg, that non-dominant leg for me, the right leg, because everything I do actually is left-handed, even though I'm, I throw right-handed. That's where I think I screwed up. My parents should have forced me to be left-handed. Um, wow. Way to blame your parents <laughs> when I was two years old. Yeah. But so everything I do is left handed. So my right leg is it, it struggles in the beginning. But if we train unilateral work and we figure out what can wake that up earlier, then we can take that one, we can get it stronger so we can close that deficit. But then two, when we go to a big meet, let's say we're going to the world championships or we're going to the Olympics and that that limit now goes from ninety-seven percent of a hundred to ninety-eight percent of a hundred, you know. Comparing yeah. leg, leg strides or whatever we're comparing. Now That's that, significant. that 1% could get me a medal. Right. And it's all because we figured out how to warm it up properly and strengthen it properly. So,
1: it's funny you say this. The last episode, you were talking about wanting to create flows, yeah. in a sense, from a warm-up. And it feels like this, what you're getting at now relates back to that same idea like the slow yeah, movements. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have the slow movements and the flows through the warm-ups, but we also need th- this unilateral component yep. to wake up sort of the the weaker side, the asymmetrical side if you will, to help catch it up. So yeah. just remember that as you continue to develop these flows that you had these ideas and keep making them happen as I will you have been. Yeah, yeah, I mean I will.
0: Thanks for for I got you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to point out even because uh, this actually gets into reflexive work a little bit, is that if you look at someone like, let's use Nicholas. I was up there Friday at Penn State watching at the scrimmage. A lot of his big cuts are to his right leg, okay? That's that's his this, the leg he, he favors. Man, you're
1: letting Ohio State know how to tackle him
0: now. Well, we need to get them to listen to our podcast first. Okay. <laughs> but Wow, way to put us down, buddy. <laughs> but... In all reality, as Nick gets better, and and I do think this is going to happen because he does you know, – I'm saying this, and you can watch Nick's big highlight um, where you can see him cutting to his left. The goal is that when you train both sides, you can't really tell where someone – they're going to set you up with their hips, and he's going to be able to cut one way or the other because both of his legs are that strong. So from a sports
1: performance, if you – do the best to eliminate your asymmetries. You're going to set yourself up for better performance in the end. 100%. Like, just, you'll be more and open, skilled, and close. Yeah. Yeah. Parents listening, especially those 30, 40-year-old fathers who want to, you Live know, vicariously through your children. Yeah.
0: Go ahead. Myself
1: included. Make them ambidextrous. <laughs> yeah. Start there. All right. Questions. Audience. YouTube. Eddie Jimenez. How to strengthen leg after knee replacement.
0: Oh, that takes a while um i would I would you know I first go to physical therapy I would work through whatever progressions they're recommending, but then just work with sled stuff sled stuff for a long time and then body weight stuff build into body weight squats, build into single leg squats after that you know just slowly work through it but sled push sled pull backwards sled walking forward I think is the best way to start
1: nice um uh, this one's from the reddit d l per eleven. It might even be diaper 11. I don't know how they want it to be read. I'm curious as to what people think or what research is out there regarding trampoline training and tendon strength, vertical jumping ability on solid ground, or either or even rehabbing lower extremity tendonitis. There's a second bullet point to this one. I just came from one of these trampoline parks for my son's birthday. High rate of force output. You can't jump slow, right? Plus high mobility, plus minimized no joint pain, plus
0: sweat-soaked T-shirt, anything worth exploring. Yes, watch a three-year-old do, do jumps on the trampoline, and when they start to figure out how to do big jumps, they'll bounce their face off of their knees because they don't have the strength yet to help with, their, with absorbing it. And where I'm going with this is that trampoline work is absolutely incredible for athletic development. I'll use Kevin Simons. He told me growing up, he's like, dude, we used to have trampoline wars where I would do tricks, we would do horse, but on the trampoline. So I would do tricks on the trampoline, backflips, twists, crazy stuff. Then his best friend would do it, and they would just go back and forth for hours. He, his best friend was a D1 All-American gymnast, and Kevin went to the CrossFit Games twice. Yes, it's anecdotal, but there's a lot of evidence just even studying trampoline stuff with gymnasts. Can I add one anecdote? Yeah. Jake. Grew up on a trampoline 10 tells the same yeah, stories. And dude, it's that's how like Lincoln, look at him, dude. Trampoline, diving, dude, all that stuff pays off. It's body awareness. It's he's absolutely right with that statement. Uh, and you can actually see it, dude. Sanderson is if you saw him doing backflips, it, it's like unbelievable. And the jumping style of Lincoln is like straight power. Sanderson is much more finesse, but he just looks like a pinball. Just going like ding, 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 yeah, any lands go, jumps, lands jumps, and it's it's body awareness, it's being comfortable with that, it's being able to coordinate at extremely high speeds, and their body is getting used to that. Sweet yeah, that's all so we got. Get a trampoline, muscle remember. imbalances. Try and fix those muscle imbalances. Stay tuned. Make sure that you like and you subscribe to Master Support Podcast. And if you need an app to prevent your muscle imbalances, and maybe you even have your muscle imbalance. Inside of your program, you can click on the mobility tab in our Peak Strength app available at peakstrength.app. Until next time, guys. Peace.
1: Later.